Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to ASHTO Resource Q&A. I'm your host, Brian Johnson, and today we're going to talk about keeping your standards up to date. I've got two special guests here. We've got Imani Love and Michael Pratt. They are both laboratory assessors who know quite a bit about this topic. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, so the reason why I'm having you on is you just issued a newsletter article called Raising Your Standards, which is about this topic of keeping standards up to date. Imani, can you tell me how you got involved in this uh, article? Yeah, so I was asked by management particularly to put together this article as well as possibly do some things that are revolving around building some type of system, but that's later down the line. Um, I've had some experience working with standards at my previous job, so management thought that this would be a great fit for me to kind of go ahead and kind of get involved and lead this project. So in that experience, what, I guess let's start out with the, the, the big question, what is the best way to keep your standards up to date, Amani? Definitely signing up for the organization's either portal or website, that way that you are able to access the newest standards and also receiving email updates, having that organization send out an email every time either a particular scope is updated or if you want to specifically subscribe to certain test standards, receiving notifications about their updates as well. So I would say signing up for the organization's portal or compass or something like that, and then also receiving email updates. All right. That's a good idea. Now, Michael, uh, when somebody signs up for those, is that, you know, it's going to help them, but what else do they have to do or keep in mind when they're subscribing to those kind of services? Well, they have to keep in mind that both AFTO and ASTM send out a lot of emails and that uh, it's a good idea to set up some type of filter to try and keep the important emails or the emails about standards front and center and not get inundated with um, all the other updates or, or emails that they get throughout the day or, or week. That's a good idea. I know I use a lot of Outlook uh, filtering for my emails because I get so many of them. Uh, that That's a, a great idea. You know, this is this is obviously a big issue when you're performing these on-site assessments or uh, remote assessments either way. Why, other than conformance to accreditation criteria, this is a question for Michael, why is it important to keep these standards up to date? Well, at the end of the day, standards are really used to uh, establish uniformity and consistency in testing. So the idea behind you know everyone using the same up-to-date standards is that everyone's performing the test the same way. Not to mention that some technology can change uh, throughout the years in some standards. Some uh, steps could be added. Masses or temperatures can change. So it's it's really about everyone doing the same thing and you know making sure that 
uh, we're promoting consistency in testing. So Amani, what makes this so challenging for people to keep up with their standards? Well, some of the organizations tend to have a lot of standards that have to be tracked, um, and that can be overwhelming for some individuals, for some laboratories to keep track of. Some laboratories may not have access or have a subscription to some of the standard organizations' websites or portals. So in that sense, they are not um, receiving the most up-to-date standards or receiving any notifications about standards. Some laboratories tend to buy standards a la carte. So because they're buying them, it's more so on them to remember to check for those standards, and they may not um, be doing that as often as they should be. Well, that's a good point, too, because it, it would be a lot easier if you're just getting the entire volumes of standards all the time. But I could see where, you know, if you are one of those laboratories that's just buying them individually, how that'd be complicated. Michael, why would someone get into an arrangement where they're only buying their standards one by one? Well, a lot of the times it comes down to price and uh, what these laboratories want to pay. You know, the, the full AFTO and ASTM standard subscriptions are, are really nice and convenient, but they're not exactly cheap. So if you're a lab and you're only getting accredited for four or five test methods, it may not make sense for you to, to want to subscribe to the, the whole litany of AFTO and ASTM standards. It may just make sense for you to, to buy four individual standards. Unfortunately, it's, it is harder to, to keep up with, with, with standards that way and, and any changes that happen because it is on you to, to then figure out if a standard has, has changed or not and then to, to buy the new version. Now, Amani, uh, you were talking about how the standards can come out at different times a year. This is probably a good time to mention something that just this is some, uh, when at the time where we we're recording this, there was some news coming from Ashto Publications where they're going from the three releases throughout the year of the various standards into one uh, that's going to be coming out and starting in July of 2021. Do you think that's going to make things easier for people? That will definitely help. It'll kind of lessen or reduce someone's task of having to continuously check. I know for some laboratories um, that are smaller, a lot of people wear a lot of different hats, so they tend to get very busy, so they don't have as much time to put towards checking each of those individual standards. So if you can just have one big release, that way it'll take less time to go over each and individual standard. That would be great for laboratory personnel. Right, and even with that one volume release, uh, is there still a way that Ashto notifies, I, I guess, uh, people who subscribe to the standards releases about which ones have changed and which ones haven't when those new volumes come out? Yes. So by subscribing to Ashto's publication emails during the various releases in, contained within the email, there is a link to a table that specifically guides customers to the summary of the release um, and some of the updates to each standard, and it'll include the title, the technical section number, um, and some of the validated revisions for that. Okay, now Michael, what does ASTM do? Because a lot of our customers, uh, they, they basically use AASHTO and ASTM standards for the most part. Uh, how does ASTM notify people about updates to the standards? 
Well, it's important to note that ASTM updates their standards at all times of the year, so you need to be on top of when they're updating. Uh, so they have a pretty cool tool called ASTM's uh, Standard Tracker tool. Um, and when the standards update and you're signed up for this tool, they will alert customers twice a week via email uh, about any newly published or revised standards. Uh, you're also able to kind of filter this by committee or technical field or, or scope. So once again, you, you're not just inundated with, with constant emails. You can kind of filter out what you don't need and, and still be able to, to, to see the updates that you, that you do need. And I would like to mention one other thing about standards updates is both AASHTO and ASTM use social media to get messages out about different things. And I know our industry struggles with social media. I think Kim can attest to that. Uh, how many followers do we have at the time of this recording, Kim? Just about 500. About 500 customers or, or, or interested parties, I'd say, not even customers, following our Twitter feed where we put tons of interesting and useful news and information and retweets about other things that are going on in the industry. And yet a lot of those go unread by our customers who could really benefit from them. And I think maybe we'll have to do a whole episode just on how to use social media because uh, there's a lot of problems uh, <laughs> with the way people use it. So I think we could have a very uh, uh, healthy and enjoyable conversation about that topic. But for now, we're sticking to standards. Communication of the updates is one thing, right? But Amani, all those notifications are only useful if somebody does something with them. So what should people do when they get those updates to the standards? They should make a note of them. And if they are in charge of quality, they should definitely make it a point to communicate that with the other staff. Even if they're not in charge of quality and they have been tasked with keeping track of standards and checking for updates, they should also ensure that they communicate with other staff personnel about any of the changes. That could be during a team meeting, that can be during a coffee break even um, with someone who is in charge of also ensuring that the most up-to-date standards are being disseminated amongst personnel. Yeah, now that dissemination is important and the access to the standards is also critical. Michael, what, what are people doing out there? What, what are some good ways for laboratory staff members to get those updated standards in their hands so that they can use them properly? Labs should create some, some kind of shared folder or Dropbox situation where it's not just the person's uh, whose email address is associated with the subscription has access to it. Because I will say that is something that uh, I see a lot in, in the labs, especially with Ashto subscription, where the professional engineer who has the subscription is the only one that can access it. And, you know, it's great that they have the subscription and have the most up-to-date standards, but it, it doesn't necessarily do anyone any good if they're the only person that can access it. So I would say that the labs who download the, the standards and, and put them into one shared folder uh, are, are most effective at actually getting those standards into the laboratory and actually see them being used by technicians. Yeah, now I would add one other thing to that is that these need to be legally acquired copies of the standards and, and laboratories need to pay attention to the, the requirements of whatever the standards body or the vendor 
that provides them the access to the standards, what the agreements are for users. But I know both Ashto and ASTM have multi-user agreements that are available, and they try to make it so that the standards can be used effectively and the laboratories just need to, to follow the rules when they do that. While standards are, are used uh, widely and um, the, the standards development bodies invest a lot of time, effort, and money into keeping these standards up to date and distributing them and uh, developing them and making sure that they are uh, useful. So it is important to pay the fees that are required to be paid to access those standards so that we can keep having up-to-date standards that are driving technology and making sure that everybody's doing things the right way and consistently. Now, there are times where you need to look back at some other standards. So Imani, are there any good ways to make sure that if you're keeping digital files, how do you make sure that the people that are in your company know which one is the current one and they don't use the old one or they know when to use the old one. Are there, do you have any tips for managing that? Typically, you can either have a folder that's labeled archived standards. Um, and as Michael had touched on, if you have like a, a cloud or something like that that everyone can access, limiting the access for those older standards would help especially with new people that may come in and start to do testing, they won't, as if you have less access to some of those files, it'll kind of mitigate making a mistake and having someone take a look at our older standard. So I would definitely say either having them labeled specifically as archive standards or not even having them on computers at all for people to be accessed and just have people be able to go online and access those archive standards. And I know ASTM, you can look at, I think, older standards. So just being able to have people go online directly and not have that option of all at all or having something specifically labeled archived. Yeah. Now there are times where projects may require them to use an old standard. And I think the most common one we're running into right now is D422 which is the old hydrometer, now is the old hydrometer. It used to just be the hydrometer, but it's been replaced. But that has, that's no longer being managed, uh, but it is still being specified on certain projects. And I imagine that can be a challenge, just not just for training staff and making sure they know when to run each standard, uh, but just not getting it intermingled with the other ones. Uh, it, not not having it intermingled with the archive group because technically it's not being managed anymore, but it's still active when the project requires it. Michael, have you heard anybody having uh, questions about those standards in the field? What do I do if a standard isn't being published anymore? Can I still run this thing? Yep, uh, that's a pretty common question. Um, I see a lot of D422 and D7928 being requested by labs. I think just to cover their bases, because as you mentioned, there are still um, specifiers and projects that are requiring D422. So it's, a, it's still an important standard to, to have. At the same time, I, over the past two years, especially, I've seen a lot more labs requesting D7928. So that does seem to be where the industry is moving. Um, 
However, D422 is still a very popular standard to, to run today. So it is important that the labs have access to that. Yeah, now Amani, uh, just to, to wrap this conversation up, do you have any, any last words about this topic for our listeners? Yes, each laboratory should kind of develop their own way, whatever they feel comfortable with doing. That doesn't necessarily cause a disturbance in your workflow. It may take a few times to kind of figure out what works best for you, but as long as you figure out something in which you can accurately and effectively track your standards, then by all means, go ahead and take that approach. All right. How about you, Michael? Yeah, just a reminder again that the and standards are developed to establish uniformity and consistency, consistency in testing. That's why it's important to, to have the most up-to-date standards. It's why we make a big deal of it. It's why we tend to, to write this up uh, in a lot of assessments. So just developing um, a system uh, as a way to track new standards, it's just a good idea and promotes best practice. All right, Kim, what did we, what did we leave out today? I don't want to throw a monkey wrench in everything, but you didn't really talk about any state standards or other um, standards development organizations that laboratories have to kind of manage all of those as well. So I was able to get in touch with Florida and and how they update their standards. So they're similar to, to ASTM where they're updated annually or or whenever there's a significant change. And the Florida State Test Method Coordinator will will notify any labs that are on the distribution list for for labs that are are using Florida State Test Methods, and they'll get an email notification notifying them that that the standards have changed. All right, so thank you so much for your time today, Imani and Michael, and of course our producer, Kim Swanson. I appreciate your time and willingness to talk about your newsletter article. Hopefully people check it out. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Brian, for having us. Thanks for listening to Ashto Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resource's Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org.